Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin. Happy New Year to everybody. Today is January 5th, 2024. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. This is our first podcast of many this year. I'm joined by our Director of Risk Management, Sean Bingham. Hello, Sean. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good. Prosperity is on our way. And I thought today we would talk about the economy thinking of prosperity, Sean. What do you think? Sure. But before we do, Sean, I want to promote a few things. Shameless promotion for our spring market seminar on April 17th in Oakbrook, Illinois. Those that have attended, gosh, they've said things like it's the best one-day conference in the food business is what they've said. At least one of them, anyway. At least one. At least one. I think it was me, but that's okay. Yeah, let's not let that (laughs) spoil it. We we don't, but guess what, Sean? Everybody can register online at McKinney-Flavelle.com on January 10th moving forward. It's already in their travel plans. So go ahead and look forward to that. Uh, It's going to be movers and shakers in the key commodities we we cover. Mm -hmm. But also there's our first webinar of the year is our key ingredients webinar on January 31st at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be covering the key things with the key ingredients that we cover, corn, sugar, energy, etc., uh, and you can register also very soon on our website at mckinney-flavelle.com. So there you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk about prosperity and the economy. Some reports came <laughs> out this morning, Sean. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, when you're, you know, I used to be on the interest rate side of the market. And so this was the, the employment report is, is the big one for it. It's, it's the WASD oh, of the uh, okay. finance world. Let's, let's call it that. So yeah, the BLS reported non-farm payrolls increased by 216,000 in December. Wow. And that was way above the hundred. I heard numbers between 164 and 175,000. So wow. this is just a, another, another beat. I mean, we, the, the, these numbers is kind of what I wanted to hit on today. I mean, these numbers have just beaten all year long. I don't keep track of the expectation, you know, the miss, whatever, but I can only think of maybe one or two this year where we were at or below what the market was looking for. Everything's been, been a beat. So, uh, you know, that's, that's great news. Unemployment rate, uh, they were looking for three, eight came down, you know, came down, uh, unchanged at 3.7. So, wow. Yeah. You know, good numbers. And then when, when you dig into the numbers, uh, I mean, some of the news, uh, even gets a little bit better because most of this growth uh, was private payrolls, not government jobs. So okay. private payrolls increased 164,000. They were looking for 127,000. Wow. Yeah, uh, a big number. And, uh, you know, the big, uh, uh, I mean, we're always growing in government jobs, but government jobs, healthcare, uh, social assistance, construction, we're all, we're all gainers. And about the only uh, drawbacks were transportation and, and warehousing. But, you know, overall, it, it was a great report. If you look at the year in total, I, I wrote about it, uh, what kind of what expectations were this morning. And they did revise the November number. And, we, and this has been kind of consistent. We've seen this nearly month after, after month. They, they beat by a lot. 
Yeah. And then they come by, come back and they revise down a little bit. So November went down from 199,000 to 173,000. So in the numbers that I was trying to pull together ended up being pretty darn close. Mm. So total payroll jobs, uh, in 2023 increased by 2.7 million. Wow. Um, that is an average gain of 225,000 jobs a month, which is probably twice as hot as we have seen historically. We usually, if you look at really long-term averages, we usually gain about 100,000 jobs a year, you know, 1.2 million or 100,000 jobs a month, 1.2 million a year. So, you know, this two, this almost 3 million pace is, is really blistering. It, it was below 2022. 22, we gained 4.8 million jobs, but that was yeah. primarily a result of getting jobs back from the 10 plus million uh, that fell out of the workforce during COVID. During COVID, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of economists thought that this year would be, I, don't, I think everybody thought we were going to start hot and we did. I mean, our first payroll number in January is 472,000 jobs. So we started from a high point and I think the market thought we would eventually come down and get back down to that average, which we did in June. We only had about 105,000 uh, increase in June, which was the lowest one of the year, but then it started going back up again. And, you know, now here we are 216. That's the best number we've seen since July. So I guess the point of, of this is uh, what is that going to do for the federal reserve? Yeah. And the market has been pricing, you know, slowly, but surely we've been pricing more and more rate cuts for 2024. And I, I mean, I think we're being a little bit over aggressive. Uh, if you look at where the funds market stands as of this morning, they've got the uh, effective average right around just under 4%. So that's okay. that's 125 basis points of cuts, you know, 1.25% roughly for next year. We... <laughs> What happens when we get these big payroll numbers like this, and if it continues, is obviously very good for the consumer. Mm -hmm, Consumers mm -hmm. have jobs, so that gives them more discretionary earnings. And people like to say that the uh, the great American hobby is uh, is or pastime is baseball, but it's not. It's shopping. <laughs> and and so what happens is you know as long as we have you know low you know sub four percent unemployment. And we're we're hitting numbers like you know payroll growth numbers like this. The consumer we saw a huge consumer spending this summer. I mean, it blew blew away expectations. And one of the reasons we saw GDP jump so much. If that continues, then it's going to be hard for the Fed to justify cutting rates. Right. Uh, if if we're going to have high spending now, and you know, obviously they're more focused. I mean, they've got a quote, dual mandate. They've actually got about four things that they really watch, but most people just call it the dual mandate, which is, uh, you know, economic growth and low inflation. So in inflation, we have seen a, a very nice come down in inflation. So core CPI peaked just under about 7%, and that's come down to 4% on the consumer level. If you look at the producer level, uh, that got up almost to 10%. In early 2022, I mean that's when we were really scrambling to raise rates and catch up. But now producer inflation hit the lowest level in a long time, uh, hit two percent. And what's good about that is we want to see 
the consu- uh, consumer inflation will follow producer inflation. So mm. as so producer inflation right now, it's about 2% lower than what we see in CPI on a core basis. And that means CPI is, uh, you know, going to, con- should continue to come down. Okay. Now I would, I will just couch that with <laughs> a lot of that. Uh, I mean, I'm talking core, but you know, you know, if we were to talk headline, we could say that the headline number has also come down quite a bit. And that's very reflective of the fact that crude oil has gone from, you know, over $125 a barrel back in mid 2022 to, you know, 70s. at one point, yeah. yeah, in the, in the low seventies at one point, we, you know, before the uh, Israel situation, things like that, we were, we had gotten under 65. I think that was kind of a temporary blip, but here we are sitting in around $72 a barrel and we have a lot of the strategic petroleum reserve to put back in. I mean, we've got, a, we, we're about half of what, the 720 million barrel capacity is right now. So I don't see a huge decline in crude oil and that's going to keep inflation elevated. Mm. And if we continue to see strong numbers, job numbers like that, I think it's, my feeling is it's going to keep Chairman Powell higher for longer. The first, you know, the first real high probability of a rate cut is at the June meeting. There are some some small probabilities. There's about a there's there's we have a meeting at the end of this month. Almost no chance that we'll see any change to the funds rate there. But then we jump up. There's about a sixty percent chance that we could see one in March, and uh, climbs up to about an eighty percent chance we could see one in May. I know a lot of folks aren't real familiar with the Fed funds market. I'm more familiar than I probably want to know. But what happens is that that market tends to overprice. Uh, events because it wants to, it wants to get the forward curve correct at the back end of the curve, and to do so, it has to push down the front part of the curve to do it. Uh, and I'm talking on a on a rates basis. So I think at least at least 25, maybe 50 basis points of what's priced into the funds market, uh, that 125 decline I was talking about earlier, I think is a little bit unrealistic and a little bit aggressive. However. We should get rate cuts this year. Mm. The question is not really if it's a question of when. So I'm I'm kind of pushing. My timeline has always been closer to uh, the middle of the year or you know sometime late in the third quarter. So I, I I'm kind of leaning to that June or July okay point. But uh, we keep seeing 200 plus job numbers. Yeah, uh, we could start to see inflation tick back up a little bit. Uh, CPI was flat last, last look. We haven't seen December yet, but um, anyway, I think, you know, overall there's a lot of speculation that, that at some point economic growth globally is going to slow. We just can't Mm -hmm. keep up this pace. You know, high rates will eventually slow the economy. They already slowed inflation. They, you know, the economy will catch up later. A lot of data in Europe suggests that they're they may already be in a recession. A lot of these numbers get revised after the fact, so we may be you know they may be in a recession. It's just not it's just not official yet. Right. And uh, the the way we market here in the United States is the uh, the board that that looks at that data. You know they usually go back and uh, and say whether something was an inflation or not. So we, I mean we're nowhere nowhere near negative GDP, and that's of course the the starting point for that. Uh, but the last few GDP numbers we have, I think, are more of an anomaly than a reality. 
when I look at numbers from from agencies that that do a lot of work on this, I think we're probably going to be looking at average GDP in the one to one and a quarter range for uh, you know for 2024. I think the Fed is a little bit higher on that number, but uh, we're definitely going to have some slowing, and that and that should give as long as inflation is coming down, should give the Fed reason to lower the rates, bring those rates down. Well, it's a good start. That's for sure. It's a good, hey, look, it's better we'll than it. going up, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. how many, how, how long did we get on this? Uh, how, what, what did we call this? We called it the inflation, inflation station. station. We're still going. Yeah. We're like, still hey, going. Maybe, We're slowing down a little bit though. Maybe we call this one the disinflation station. Yeah, they, that would be that, not quite correct, but uh, as long as they don't uh, fall off the track, we're okay. Yeah, the slowing inflation station. I don't slow know. inflation. That's right. I think uh, Pete, our, Pete, our marketing guy, is going to have to work on that one for us. Uh, you yeah, know, we'll get uh, think, let's just get the tr- get the train instead of going up the hill. We'll get it to go down. There you go. There you the go. The the it's it's yeah, a little bit so. easier. Well, that's good news. I think that folks appreciate some of the good uh, optimism and news that you've had to provide, but it also tells you that there's still a lot of uncertainty Always. and a lot of things that uh, will impact impacted as we go into the first half of the year. And so guess what? If you aren't flying a McKinney Flavel, you know, Sean has a daily outlook uh, piece that he does every single morning on not only the commodities that we cover, but uh, on the economy and energy as well. So uh, reach out to us and uh, uh, I'm sure Sean would uh, love to set you up on a test drive for that as well. So yeah. Okay. We're going to wrap this one up. A happy new year to everybody. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family and enjoy the new year. And uh, until our next podcast, take care, everybody. Absolutely. One of 52 done for the year. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Happy new year, everyone. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.